Welcome to Talos Takes, the security podcast for everyone from the C-suite to the front lines. Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of Talos Takes. I am here with Azim from our Threat Intelligence and Interdiction team to catch up on Days of Our Ransomware, my new favorite soap opera that I've been following. Thanks for coming on, Azim. Thank you for having me. So, yeah, we're going to be talking about some drama between ransomware groups that we've been seeing. Well, I shouldn't say we, because I'm not nearly as cool as you. And this kind of, we started talking about this after a recent arrest of some actors potentially involved with the Revol ransomware group. And in that particular case, it was kind of a good sign that Russia and the U.S. actually worked together on uh, addressing the issue of ransomware. So why do you think that they were able to find common ground when it comes to this Revol case in particular that led to these arrests? Well, thank you for the compliment, first of all. And um, <laughs> yeah, part of my job is to focus on the human aspect of the uh, cybercrime underground, if you will, or the dark web. And that's where we see a lot of the ransomware operations and par- partnerships thrive and develop. But one particular instance, an attack that kind of uh, shifted the whole focus was the Colonial Pipeline attack last uh, late spring, summer. A few months later, there was a summit between the Biden administration and the Russian uh, President Vladimir Putin. And I believe there they discussed the possibility of cooperation with a combating cybercrime. So around that time, I noticed that there was chatter in response to that. And then subsequently, a few months later, the, as you mentioned, the revolt infrastructure was taken down. And in January, we saw arrests that occurred that were tied to that investigation uh, with some real revol uh, criminals or affiliate affiliates, if you will, that were arrested in January. I believe that uh, there is uh, a cooperation between the two countries for several reasons. One, there is mostly a gesture that could be between the countries to see if there is a possibility to combat cybercrime. And two, uh, I'm sure that the Russian side understands that eventually this kind of crime will creep up and be a problem for them as well. So they would probably want to have some sort of level of understanding and cooperation. I uh, talk a lot about the cooperation that occurred during the piracy problem that happened in the Indian Ocean between the two countries, even though uh, traditionally, militarily-wise, there has always been an adversarial position. So there is space there, and I think that there's a lot of concern for the future as far as uh, cybercrime growing. And they think that there is a hope to work together on the lower level. So what was some of the reaction that you saw from other threat actors after these arrests were made? This is kind of the latest in a push. I at least would personally say like the Biden administration has made several efforts to combat ransomware, getting back to like the fall and actually trying to have some weight behind their enforcement against these groups. Uh, so what's kind of been the overall reaction then from other threat actors that you're seeing online? Uh, do you think any of them are going to be deterred based off of these, or are they just going to kind of keep trucking ahead and hope for the best? Yeah, so let's take this uh, step by step. Uh, the reaction was definitely there. Uh, there was a small disruption as far as the understanding of what was going on. Um, and we saw that through an increase in chatter, speculation, uh, conspiracy theories being thrown around by by everybody that is uh, participant in the community definitely increased. It was noticeable. And uh, subsequently, we saw uh, affiliate groups like Black Matter shutting down um, and some of them moving over to Lockbit. So there was a 
uh, major, what I would call a market disruption. But to answer your follow-up question is, I don't particularly think that it's going to put them away in the long term. Uh, just like with every market disruptions, there are winner and winners and losers. And in this particular case, it seems like Lockbit, for several reasons, has been able to consolidate a lot of market share and consolidate a lot of uh, leadership. So it seems like they're in the position to actually continue to grow and operate and uh, target on a, maybe even on a larger scale. So that's what we kind of saw. What's interesting about the approach that was taken, uh, what stood out to me was the crimes that the affiliates were charged with were financial crimes related. So it was money, money laundering and uh, mostly tied to cryptocurrency. And it wasn't particularly a cyber criminal, you know, in your traditional unauthorized intrusion into a network or machine or anything like that. It was uh, the financial aspect of it. And there is huge speculation that that was the angle that was discussed on a very high level going after a lot of these cyber criminals that inevitably do tie to the financial cryptocurrency underworld. So then specifically on the, this is something that I've kind of been like following along on your, uh, via your Twitter, honestly, has been kind of some drama on these forums between different groups. Do you think that these like arrests and law enforcement crackdown have kind of led to maybe some greater anxiety in that community, which is kind of forcing them more so to be a little bit adversarial towards one another? Yeah, to answer your question is yes. Uh, the emotional aspect has definitely increased. And um, in my experience from the human intelligence side is when you increase the emotional aspect and behavioral side leads to uh, uh, an atmosphere where tr trust is diminished. And once trust is diminished, which is the fundamental uh, structure that keeps these kind of uh, cyber crim criminal platforms going, then there's a lot of what, as you mentioned, anxiety, concern, um, and just an overall atmosphere uh, uh, caution. It undermines the economic structure of the entire platform. But from what I understand about the long-term aspects of cybercrime, that as long as these criminals are still out free doing these things, it's only a matter of time before they adjust, narrow down, and catch up to the uh, mitigation and prediction uh, things that are going on. So in the short term, there might be a disruption and a decrease. But in the long term, um, it might be a very uh, different story. So looking forward, uh, like I was saying, I've kind of seen the Biden administration take a little bit more of a aggressive stance against these actors. And, and like you mentioned, this really picked up after the Colonial Pipeline attack, too. So going forward, what are some things that you think that can be done to stop these larger ransomware groups? And a lot of people are talking about like ransomware as a service even. Is it just going to come down to how well certain nation states can get along with each other? Like we're talking at a, a pretty interesting time right now, given that everything that's going on in Ukraine with them in Russia. So is it really just going to come down to like how well these different nation states can work together to dismantle these groups? Or what are some other things that, that you think could be done? So to me, my answer is always the all of the above approach. I think that the, any kind of uh, high-level cooperation always leads to major achievements on combating crime. But um, in the long sense, it's all about education and understanding the entire cycle of participants into whatever can be ransomed, right? So that's your people that are setting up the networks, that are managing the networks, that are paying for the networks, that are end users. Everybody that is a part of that 
needs to be highly aware of what the implications of ransomware are, because as we've seen, they have the, the this type of attack has uh, risen to a level of uh, undermining national security. So this is a major thing, and uh, everybody that can do something needs to increase their level of awareness, education, participation, and things like that. Any cooperation on a higher level always leads to really, really major disruption, which is always encouraging to see. All right, awesome. Well, thanks, Azim, for coming on the show as always and talking about this with me. If you want to follow along somewhere, I encourage you guys to follow Azim on Twitter, and his uh, handle will be linked in the show notes, obviously. Uh, but thanks as always, man, for coming on. I appreciate it. Thank you for having me. Thank you for listening.